Well, this morning, Westside, we have a special treat for you guys. Um, I'm not going to say much. I'm just going to go ahead and introduce the man because he's going to kind of spell out and explain to you guys what Crossroads is. Um, We have Jimmy Wagner and his wife LaDonna here along with all the Crossroads guys, or a good number of them, graduates who are going to be giving you guys testimonies and telling you about how uh, Christ saved them and and led them on a path um, out of darkness and into light. And one thing that Jimmy has done and that God, by his grace, through Jimmy and LaDonna, has been to scoop people up who have had a struggle with either a substance abuse or some sort of addiction and not just teach them 12 steps or or ways to get rid of the addiction, but in the biblical standpoint of repentance, to turn from something and to someone so they're not just teaching these guys how to, how to withdraw from something or to walk away from something, but to walk to someone. They're pointing them to Jesus, and that's that person. And so can we thank God? Put your hands together for Jimmy Wagner. He's going to come, and you guys are going to hear some blessing testimonies this morning. Good morning. So Crossroads is a faith-based drug and alcohol program for men with addictions. Um, The video was kind of what we go through during a typical day, so we have a lot of fun. That was one picture there was us at the Cowboy Church dressed up as a bunch of Indians. Did you catch that? (laughs) But um, (laughs) if if you were to ask the men what Crossroads is, they probably wouldn't tell you that it's a rehab. They probably would tell you that it's a... It's a six-month discipleship program. So we just, we teach them how to be men. Uh, We give them new habits of of going to work every day, getting your word every day. There's pictures of us at Bible study and and all the different things we do around town. We build decks, porches. We we put on roofs. We do a lot of roofs. (laughs) But that's what what Crossroads Ministries is. Um, I want to... Some of the men are here today, and they want to give some testimonies about what Jesus Christ has done in their lives. Uh, Some of them don't want to, but they're going to anyway. (laughs) So um, this first guy, he's been clean over two years. And, yeah, amen. It's good to see some fruit. Um, But he's been clean over two years. When he came to us, completely broken, his life was falling apart, his family was falling apart, but he's a perfect example that Jesus is still working miracles, he's still changing lives, he's still saving souls, he's still restoring families. Amen. Anthony Cooper. Hi, uh, my name is Anthony, and I graduated uh, Crossroads in August of 2017, but prior to going to Crossroads, I was just living a lifestyle of sin. Um, I was a drug addict. Uh, I like to do meth, and uh, it just ravaged my family. It's, I just started out uh, doing drugs on the weekends to have fun until eventually just uh, took a, uh, control of my life, and that's all that mattered. It didn't matter what I had to do what I, to get it, to what I had to lie to, who I hurt. I just put it before my family and until uh, eventually it was just my wife was about to leave me, and she wanted me to get help, and she found Crossroads for me, and... Uh, I've told her, I remember telling her before I went that I, it didn't matter if I got clean, I would always be an addict. And that's just, that's not the truth. Jimmy teaches that. He don't want us to call us an addict. And it's also biblical. It's one of my favorite verses. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, For anyone that is in Christ is a new creation. The old is uh, gone and new to come. And um, that just gives 
people like me hope to, to know that the past doesn't find, define our future. And um, that once I got to Crossroads, I was shown the love of Jesus, and it, it didn't take me very long to realize that's what I wanted, and I got saved, and that's when Christ really, truly started to change my life. I just, I surrendered my whole life to him. I started doing it my way. Um, and it, it was, I died to myself daily, and uh, uh, it's not me that lives, but he who lives through me. And uh, I just, I give all the glory to God for what, where I am today and what my life is, because without him, I wouldn't have any of it. That's all I got. So I don't know. Some of you guys may not have ever heard of Crossroads. This this is our fourth year, and um, it's right here in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Uh, I'll tell you why it got started. We we started a unity service uh, downtown where um, my wife Ladonna and I were going into the jails, and and we were meeting a lot of people, and a lot of people were getting saved. And then when they got out of jail, they, they wouldn't hook up with the church or they, wouldn't, um, they didn't want anything to do with the church. And so we started to ask people, why, why don't you want to go to church when you get out of here? Everybody wants Jesus when they're in jail, but then no one wants to go to church, so what's up? And, and they were telling us that when they walk into a church, they feel judged um, by the way they look, by their past, or if they had tattoos or piercings or whatever. And so they walk into a church and feel like everybody was looking at them or talking about them, and they start to feel really uncomfortable. Um, but what, what we found out is that most of that is in your head, and it's just the enemy trying to keep you from hooking up with, with a church family. And so a lot of that's not even happening. <laughs> but we wanted to kind of break the chains, on, help, help, help them break the chains about the idea that they had about church. And so we started this service, and we invited a different person to preach from the community. And so this was their, their place, and so the pastor was the visitor. And so they didn't have to feel uncomfortable because the, the only visitor was the guy preaching. And then if they heard that guy preach and they liked the, the word or whatever, then they would go up and they could meet that pastor after church. And then they could go there on Sunday morning, and they had met the pastor, so it's not so uncomfortable because I know someone there. In fact, I know the pastor. So the whole idea was to fill every church in Popper Bluff, not just fill, fill up crossroads, but to fill up every single, every sanctuary ought to be full if they're preaching Jesus. Amen? But through that, we started to see that a lot of people needed help if they were struggling with, with an, a, some kind of addiction. And we started running people down to John 3.16 for interviews, sometimes six, seven weeks in a row. Places awesome completely packed, and they were, um, there, there was just a need here in Popper Bluff. And like I said in the past service, there should be a John 3.16 in every single town because they're, man, people need help. So this isn't John 3.16, this is Crossroads, but it's, a lot of this was based on the, that's working down there, so a lot of this was based on what they do down there. But um, yeah, the whole idea was just to introduce men to Jesus. That's still the cure. That's still the way out. That's still to, to go from being in recovery to being recovered. So we, we believe in a complete healing. Now, uh, the next couple of guys that are going to give a testimony, uh, a lot of times people just see LaDonna and myself, and, 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 and we get a lot of the credit for what's going on, and really all the credit goes to Jesus. But 
Uh, there's so many people and churches involved in what happens at Crossroads Ministries. So many things going on behind the, scene, the scenes that it takes a whole team of people to keep things going. And this next guy, he's the house dad at Crossroads, so he actually lives with the guys. So he has absolutely no privacy, sac- completely sacrifices his life for the ministry. So thankful, Billy Contrell. I'm Billy Cantrell. I've been clean a a little over a year now, and God's doing amazing things in my life. Before I went to Crossroads, I was broken. I was in in the pits of hell, and he's pulled me out of that. I didn't didn't have a driver's license for 16 years, and and now I have a driver's license. Now I own a car. I've never owned a car in my life. And God's just, he's doing amazing things in my life. I'm full of joy all the time when before I didn't, you know. I didn't, I didn't want to get up or even move if I didn't have no drugs. And God just, he's doing amazing things in my life. Thank you, guys. This next guy is, uh, he stays with the guys on the work, on the job sites that we're on uh, when I'm not able to be there. So he's always there making sure everything's rolling and everybody's behaving and stuff like that. Uh, how many of you guys know John G.? Okay, this guy, he's got a sense of humor like John G., so if you know John G., you know what I'm talking about? He's one of the most sarcastic men I've ever met in my life, and he's hilarious. I love him. Justin Lay. (laughs) Am I the only one that had deja vu right now? Um, So I graduated Crossroads in December before I came to Crossroads. It was about 13 years of walking down a really dark path, uh, pills and heroin and all kinds of stuff. Um, I don't really want to focus much on that because it was just, it was all bad. You know, I, I was a thief. I would lie to you. I'd use you in any way I could. I'd manipulate everybody. Um, my sister died when I was 23 of an overdose. You know, the day that she died, I took, took drugs from her and used them that day. After seeing her dead, you know, it's kind of messed up. Um, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And uh, then eventually, you know, I'd be in and out of rehabs and um, relapsing every single time because something was missing and I didn't know what it was that was missing. Uh, last year was the best and the worst year of my life. I had just gotten out of a rehab at the beginning of last year and I relapsed and lost my job and my fiance and my kids and my house, everything I had ever, ever built for myself. And I just, so I just went downhill from there. Uh, less than a month after all that happened, my mom died of cancer. So I just didn't see any way out. I just wanted to keep, keep doing, keep doing bad. And later that year, um, I knew I had to make a change. I was trying on my own will to get my kids back and to get everything right again. And it wasn't working and I had a friend that lives down here, and she recommended me to Crossroads. I didn't know what they did. I went to the interview. I thought it was just a month-long program. They told me, we do roofing. I said, oh, no. Because <laughs> I, I came from working in an office. You know, I'm not, that's not me. You, you got to lift heavy stuff? No. But I said, okay. And I was thinking, it's a month. And they said, no, it's six months. Great. I said, all right, something pushed me to do that. So I said, okay. And I wasn't sure if I could do it. Um, 
but you really are a new creation in Christ because I can do it. And, you know, I closed that old book. I'm not living that old book anymore. I got a new book now, and it's with Jesus. And I love working with the guys, and I love being around them all the time, and I'm very thankful for everything they've done in my life. And, you know, it's a great program, and it really gets guys out of those bad places and puts them right with God. So thank you. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, I lost all that stuff, but I'm getting it all back. God restores. Amen. <laughs> okay, this, this next guy, he's, he's just super special to all the guys at the house. He's a joy to have around. Um, he, he came to us from St. Louis and really, really rough guy around, around the edges when he got here. I mean, involved in some pretty serious stuff, but... And he's a big teddy bear, and we love him. Vince. Vincent Smith. Thank you, Jim. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> um, I can remember um, it was 90, I mean, 2007. I'm about to say 97 again. 2017. Um. I was in a dark place in my life, and I was in a hospital, and and I know that I wanted something better, man. I mean, but I didn't know how. I didn't know how to get it because the, because of the, life, the the way I had been living my life prior to getting to that hospital, and but I know I wanted something different, and I you know I stayed on the staff about it, about you know finding me someplace that I can go and get better, and well, they sent me to Poplar Bluff to New Era treatment program, and there, you know, I started to, that was my hope shot. I started to see some hope, um, and I started to hear, I started to listen about the different programs, the John 316 program, the Crossroads program, and um, I did an interview, wanted to do, got an interview set up to do with Crossroads, and um, I was really, I was really excited about it. You know, I remember the truck came, it was on a Tuesday night on One Step Group Night, and you know, I just jumped in the truck and I looked at the guy that was driving and I was like, hey, how do you like that Crossroads program? What do you think about it? He looked over at me and said, oh, it's okay. Come to find out that was the director, Jimmy Wagner, I was riding with. Wow. So that was a real uncomfortable interview, Jimmy, but I made it through. <laughs> uh, but, you know, because like during them dark moments of my life, you know, um, I believed a lot of things and, and I lived a certain way and, and my life, my whole life then consisted of 12 blocks that I lived in. Everything that I needed I was within them 12 blocks. All the drugs I needed, all the alcohol I needed or whatever, you know, was within them 12 blocks. And like I heard somebody else say it and, and it's true, you know, because when I, when, 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 when I came to the Crossroads program, I was treated with, welcome with open arms, you know. Everybody don't know I'm black. <laughs> I'm the first black graduate. You know, I set a marker. You know? No. <laughs> well, I was, I was black, and I was the oldest. I think I still hold that. I still hold that record right now as being the oldest resident of Crossroads, you know? But they never treated me any different. 
you know, because like when I see them, I don't see color. That's my brother. That's my brother. These are my brothers and my sisters, and I love them to death because I know they love me. You know, I know they do. You know, um, and through and and through through Jimmy's teachings, you know what I'm saying. I, I learned how to love. I learned how to give, and I learned how to care. You know, because I don't have to live on a block. I live on the street now. I don't have to live in a abandoned abandoned apartment. I just call it a abandonment. I had about several of them all over the twelve blocks. I had oh yeah, I was balling. I had three abandonments all over them 12 blocks. But today I live in a house. I don't have to steal nobody's car. I pay for one now. You know? And it's only through God's grace and God's mercy that to give me my life back. You know? And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the Crossroads program. My sister. Boy, she put me... Woo! That's my girl. <laughs> but no, I'm grateful for this program because without it, man, you know, I wouldn't be. You know? That's it. <laughs> okay, we got we got one more testimony. This is this guy had um I get lots of letters from jail and prison and as soon as we get them out of the mailbox, a lot of times I'm busy and they just sit on the edge of my desk and then when I get free time I open them and I go through them and read them all. But I had known this guy from my past life, we actually went to high school together, and he had been off the chain, my, I mean, as long as I could remember, and I, he was in jail, no surprise, <laughs> and I got a letter from him, and I just threw it aside. Went on about my business, forgot about it. Second letter came, looked at it, and I was like, Psh, threw it on my desk. I know that sounds really judgmental right now, and I'm sorry, but that's the truth. That's, what, that's, what, that's how it went down. And uh, third letter, and I'm like, God, are you trying to, is something going on here that I don't know about? Because it, if it's up to me, he's not getting in. I'm not even, I don't even want to read the letter. But I opened that letter, and I read it, and I felt something. So then I opened the other two, and I read those. I'm like, i got to go talk to this guy. So I set up an interview up at the jail, went and talked to him. As soon as I, just a couple sentences in, I could tell that he was ready for a change. He's ready to try something that he'd never tried before. And it takes a process to get someone out of jail. There's lots of, uh, you got to work with the judge, you got to work with the prosecutor, you got to work with the probation or parole officer. So it, it, you can't just get somebody out immediately. It, it takes a little while. But while this process is going on, I'm getting all these phone calls like, you're not really thinking about taking that guy, are you? Because he will ruin your whole program. He's going to steal everything at your house. He's gonna, there's going to be a big drug party there. He's going to get everybody out. It's going to be crazy. You cannot take that guy into the program. But at that point, God had already said yes. So it didn't matter what anyone else said. But I'm just thankful that we have the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us and tell, tells us when we're in error, tells us we're, when we're making the wrong choice and directs us a different way. And so there's so many times without the Holy Spirit that I wouldn't make the right decision. So I just wanted to say that, that I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me and, and that he said yes to Herschel Deaton. Herschel Deaton. How you guys doing today? Um, them phone calls were justified, really, though, because 
I was a lost cause to the world. I terrorized this community. I terrorized. I was I was a menace to society in this community. I went to prison in three different states. I, I, people were affected by my actions. I ran with the devil. So it was all justified. People didn't want to give me a chance, but but God. But God had other plans. And I hit my knees there in jail. And I surrendered my life to him. And that's when he told me to start writing them letters to Crossroads. And I wrote one of them letters. I, I was writing them letters, but I wrote one because he told me to start writing them every day. I wrote one and told Jimmy, thank you for accepting me in the Crossroads. And the very next day, this is how faith does it. You ask and you will receive. The very next day, he came for an interview and accepted me in. The very next day. And so he got that letter a few days later. But, and it's all about Jesus. I had lost my family. They were with the state, my kids. My wife was, not my wife at the time, but we had a kid together, and she was in Recycling Grace. We lost everything. Nobody wanted to be around us but God. And um, Jesus restores everything, restores everything. People didn't want me around at that point in time. Now I got people just wanting to be around me because they see Jesus inside me. I got a group starting at Second Baptist. I don't even go to the church. But they opened up their doors, gave me a key, and are allowing us to use their church for a group on Friday night because the man here, I needed it. The man in Crossroads needed it, and a lot of other people need it in this community. And we can't, it's all about Jesus and the support of all these churches that are involved in helping Crossroads and us, like Second Baptist, Westside, Westwood, North Point, Grace. I mean, the list goes on and on, and it's the support of you guys that are making this possible where lives are being changed through Crossroads Ministries. And we just love you guys for it, and I'm just thankful to be here and get to talk to you guys for a minute about how Jesus is just great. You guys know that. But we can't get out of here today, Crossroads, without doing our chant. Who's our Messiah? Jesus. Who's our Savior? Jesus. Who's our Redeemer? Jesus. The grave couldn't hold him. Jesus. Death couldn't keep him. Jesus. He's the way. Jesus. Who's the truth? Jesus. Who's the life? Jesus. Amen. Jesus. It really is all about Jesus at Crossroads. It's not a 12-step program. It's a one-step program. Um, I tell the guys all the time that I remember when I was just a, a little boy and I was trying to put on a button-up shirt for the very first time and I got it all, I got it all messed up. You know, One side was way up here and one side was way down there. And my mom, she came up and she unbuttoned my shirt and she buttoned the top button and she said, Jimmy, if you'll get this first button right, all the other buttons will just line up. And so this is what this is about. This is about getting that first button right, and then everything else in your life just lines up. It's Jesus.
Um, the verse that was that Tyler read at the beginning of the service, I want to go back to that. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 3. How many of you guys have ever been lost before? Okay. How many of you guys, if I took you to St. Louis and told you to meet me at Pizza Hut and I took your phone away, how many of you guys would get lost? <laughs> me too. Has anyone in here ever been lost in the woods? That's a little bit different than being lost in the city, right? That gets a little scary. But usually when someone gets lost in the woods, they went into the woods for a little fun or a little adventure, maybe some hiking or some hunting, maybe mountain biking or camping or whatever. You, you, go, in, you go into the woods intending on just being there for a little while, having a good time, and then coming right back out. But when, when you go in to just have a good time just for a minute, you don't take a whole lot of provision because you're not planning on staying there. But if you get lost, at first you just kind of freak out, right, when you realize that you're lost and you, you, you frantically try to find your way out. And so I just want you to picture that you're lost in the woods and you're trying to find your way out. And you don't know which way to turn. You don't know which way to go. Every single tree starts to look exactly the same. You're like, have I been this way? I don't know. All the trees look exactly the same. And there comes a point, if you're lost in the woods, where you give up looking for a way out. Because then you start to realize it's getting dark. Uh, My priorities need to change. I need shelter. I need food. I need water, right? Right? So eventually, if you were that lost, you would give up looking for a way out. And in my past life, that's exactly the way I felt in my addiction. I was completely lost. I just went in, I just went in to have a little fun, intended to come right back out. But somehow in that time I got lost. And every day started to look exactly the same. And at some point I stopped looking for a way out. There is no way out. I don't know the way out. I'll never find it. And you just give up. And you just try to make it through the day. You just try to get what you need to survive. And Jesus showed me this, and I just love, the, I just love this. Uh, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 3, it says, As an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. With great delight I sat in his shadow, and this fruit was sweet to my taste. Can you imagine being lost in the woods? Every tree looks exactly the same. You've gotten to the point where you have to have food. You have to have water. You have to have shelter or you're going to die. This is it. And then out of nowhere, there's an apple tree. Jesus is that apple tree. He's everything I needed. He's shelter. He's food. He's water. He's sweet salvation. So Jesus, at your very worst moment, your greatest moment of despair, the most lost you've ever been in your life, he loves you and he finds you. He loves you right where you're at, but he doesn't leave you where you're at. Verse 4 says, he brought me to the banqueting table and its banner over me was love. Sustain me with raisins, refresh me with apples, for I am lovesick. So I want to ask you guys something for all of you that have been completely lost in your life. 
And maybe you gave up on the way out. How do you like them apples? <laughs> well, would you stand to your feet this morning as we prepare to respond? God's word reads in Psalm chapter 22, verse 22, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. This morning we've had an opportunity to hear testimonies of of how God, through his power, through Christ, has saved men and women and families from a path in darkness and brought them into the light. And we've heard of those testimonies and they sharpen and encourage our faith. But one thing that I want to encourage you, if anyone in this room is struggling with any kind of a substance abuse or you know somebody who does, talk to them, man. Come talk with Jimmy and LaDonna or any of the guys and get that person or yourself in the process of putting Jesus on the throne in your life, putting Jesus at the center of everything. And so now we come to the table. Every week we come forward and we remember the price that was paid. Jesus saved every single person who believes and confesses with their mouth that he is the son of God. There was enough blood and he paid it all. So when we come to the table, we see that price. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Verse 23 says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we come to the table and we see the price that was paid. As we come and commune with you, tangible evidence to see the price, the body and the blood that was shed. We see the fruit from that this morning in these testimonies. By your spirit and by your grace, open our eyes to this truth. Make it a joy in our hearts that when we even think of the name of Jesus, we are beyond thankful, without measure, joyous in our hearts. Help us with these things and we ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. Come forward to the table as you feel led this morning.